and welcome to another episode of Technically Minded, brought to you by the DMW Group, a Credera company. I hope our listeners are well and looking forward to the festive period. Hopefully you've got some holiday booked in and are going to have some well-deserved time off after what has been a tumultuous year. So for those of you that haven't listened to Technically Minded in the past, it's a monthly podcast where we talk about hot topics in technology and business. I do want to preface at this point that this is a virtual podcast. We are recording live from different locations. So if there are any technical or audio difficulties, uh, please do bear with us and we'll try to make it as clear as possible uh, throughout. A little bit of an introduction of myself, the host. Um, I'm Joshua Silva. I'm a consultant here at the DMW Group and have been for just over a year. So it's, it's really nice to be brought on to be a host at such an early stage in my career and get to talk about a topic that, well, I think is really interesting and something that I'm excited to learn more about today. So that topic is, should cloud be part of your green strategy? And we didn't ask the UN chief to come out and give us a quote uh, two weeks before this recording, but he did for us anyway. Um, And he made a quote saying there's no vaccine for the planet. So obviously there's been great news for the vaccine and it's just rolling out across the UK now as we speak. But it is a a quick reminder that, that there is no vaccine for the planet. And it's something that is on the lips of many organizations is what should our green strategy be? And with there being multiple ways to achieve a green strategy, we wanted to talk about cloud technology and why you may could be uh, a way forward. As I say, it's not a topic that I know too much about, but thankfully we do have a panel um, that do. So let me do some introductions. And if you can just say hello guys after I've done your introduction, just so everyone knows who is who. Um, Let's start with Nigel Hughes. He's a director here at the DMW Group and heads up our retail, travel and transport sector and has been working with clients in that sector, migrating workloads to the private and public crowd for, for a very long while. Um, so if you want to say hi, Nigel. Hi. Yes. And uh, thank you for the very long while piece of that. <laughs> uh, Jenny Gallagher, also joining us, managing consultant and large scale cloud migration SME. Hi, everyone. And Vong Nguyen, who is a managing consultant and Google Cloud Technical Lead. Good afternoon, everyone. Good. So let's get straight into it. I'm diving straight on in there. So if I can come to you first, Nigel, on our our first question of three in this podcast, and that is, uh, how has cloud technology evolved and what are the current trends slash latest thinking in in green strategy? So just to start with the the overall question, should cloud be um, part of your um, your green strategy? Um, Cloud is part of every organization's strategy. We know that. I think the question we should be discussing is, um, should green cloud be part of your strategy? So we know that organizations are going to adopt cloud. It's something that's happening. The question is, is there anything they can do that now enhances their own green potentials and actually has material benefits in, in, in doing so? The starting point for me is actually to look at the, the current situation. The reality right now is that most organizations are adopting cloud because they want a lower operating expense, they want to reduce capital expense, and secondly, they're looking for access to new capabilities. In doing that, no one currently is really assessing the greenness of anything or the cloud they're adopting. That's the thing that has to change. If it does, then I think there's huge benefits to organizations, both from a marketing point of view, but actually from also from a cost efficiency. The reason for that being is, actually, if you look at technology, it's becoming far more efficient in terms of its deployment. So there is some green credibility to do that. But secondary, I think electricity consumption is the big thing we should be also focusing on. And right now, 2% of the carbon footprint is due to data centers, same as airlines. So clearly, there is a big scope here to do something about it. And yes, absolutely, organizations should be looking at um, the, the green benefits of changing their strategy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Jenny, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I so I 100% agree that most people's cloud strategies are not driven by the fact that, um, you know, with a corporate social responsibility agenda behind it. But I definitely do think that now the company is very much, this is a, hu- this is a huge focus. It's, you know, with um, the government legislation, making sure that everything needs to be, you know, net zero, for instance, and organisations themselves, they feel that they themselves have a corporate social responsibility to make sure that they are also carbon neutral. I would have thought that they will be looking at these data centres, which they have if they are still within their data centres and thinking, you know, cloud, cloud first has got to be the way in order to help with green energy. Because if you look at Microsoft and, and Amazon, for instance, from a public cloud perspective, they literally one of their key marketing areas is the fact that um, if you are with Microsoft and if you're on Azure, for instance, you will be in on you will you will be achieving net zero um, if if that's your platform of choice. Um, I also think there's an element of a lot of this probably depends on what sector you're in. So I think Nigel, you said that no companies are even thinking this way, but I even look at the likes of the energy energy companies and utilities in particular. So I think energy companies are being scrutinised left, right and centre um, just because they are an energy company and therefore a lot of that you think of, you know, non-renewables really. Um, and but I think they themselves are starting to re-strategise and very much go down the renewable energy, um, you know, try trying to um, make renewable energy their future Um, and so I would have thought that making sure that you know the electricity grid is decentralized and opening up um, to sort of solar panels for instance and renewable energy resources is going to be critical um, for that and ultimately surely cloud and analytics plays a massive part um, of you know digitization of the uh, you know the uh, <laughs> digitalization um, of of the overall UK power networks and decarbonisation um, itself as well. I think that's a pretty um, sizable answers to follow up. I think there's a few. I think pretty much agree with what Nigel and Jenny have uh, said. I think. If we want to back these up, you know, with a few more numbers, um, there was a report around digitalization and energy from the IEA, and it was released in a couple of years ago, where they're predicting, you know, by 2020, so right about now, the traditional data centers, um, energy usage would essentially goes down by to four, about 40% of what it was in 2014, and the hyperscale data center is going to grow about three to four folds. So clearly the shift, you know, has happened and is happening really quickly. The cloud providers are essentially, you know, close to half of the energy uses for the data centers. And it's actually within their interest to optimize further, because I think if you look at the relative greenness of your data center, you usually look at efficiency of your infrastructure, the efficiency of um, your actual servers and then the source of where you're getting the electricity from and so obviously the first two is definitely off 
the interest of the cloud providers to iron out as much inefficiencies as possible. You know, they want this hardware and software to be as optimized. You know, they run virtual machines, farms, install custom cooling systems, you know, automate as much as possible. In fact, you know, if you've seen uh, some of the recent conferences, AWS, for example, run their own custom chips because then that means it can push down the optimization down to the hardware level. And this, I would describe those as a, a ruthless pursuit of efficiency has kept pretty much the energy needs fairly constant over the past decade or so. So you know, even though the use, I guess the, the efficiencies uh, has increased, allow us to harness much greater um, power from these cloud systems, you know, the data center energy demand has remained relatively constant and you know, they definitely are the forefront which means when companies move the data from in-house servers into the cloud, they're actually you know, reducing that energy consumption. And in fact, I think this is going to increase, the, the trend is going to increase to a point. You know, we hit a tipping point and suddenly the energy demands of the cloud will start to rise. And I think this is where some of the current thinking is probably not too much focus being put on that because everyone just assumed that you shift from your on-prem data center to the cloud, that gives you the efficiency gain but what happens after that i don't think there has been much thought about and then obviously there's a third one you know the third dimension which is about where the source of his energy comes from because big three cloud providers all pledge to completely you know decarbonize their data centers they all pledge to be running at you know net zero but what are the small prints is also very important because if they still using fossil fuels for the data centers and purchase renewable energy credit to balance their, you know, the, the carbon footprint, then would that be enough or would it be, you know, something I think that Google recently made a commitment is they want to operate 24-7 carbon-free energy in all their data centers by 2030. I think that's shows us where the trend is coming you know is going beyond just being net zero it's actually being 24 7 carbon free in all the data centers and actually how to shift you know first we shift from our on-prem data centers being less efficient to the cloud you know that being more efficient and then how do we gain that momentum you know and try to maintain this i guess flat usage of energy, even though increasing compute power, there's a tipping point there, as I mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really interesting topic in that it kind of transitions from your own company being necessarily having its green strategy and almost piggybacking off the big cloud providers green strategy in themselves. And it kind of leads on nicely to the the second question. I think we might as well jump there because it kind of it it kind of goes in with it. so the question we we're going to say was going to be, should cloud technology be part of every organization's green strategy, regardless of size? Um, and I think to a degree, the, the argument is, is that if, if you're a smaller company, maybe as well, you could be benefiting off these kind of bigger initiatives. Um, but does anyone have any thoughts that they want to kick off with on, on whether there's organizations that shouldn't be considering cloud as part of their green strategy? So I don't think there's any, I, I don't, 
seen many organisations that shouldn't be considering cloud as part of a strategy. I think part of our challenge with that is actually the definition of cloud itself. Cloud does not necessarily mean just as big three. It is about actually moving to a consumption-based model. That in itself has some value. Moving to a consumption-based model should, in theory, mean that you utilise your equipment higher, which in effect has some green credentials. So I think there's something around the conception of cloud that is, is of benefit. But I would, I would go further and just pick up on Rong's um, point, which is, is also about your choose to, choice of cloud provider and where they're choosing to locate themselves and, and electricity consumption is that what we're seeing in the marketplace or have done is that some of the big power generating utilities are deliberately cutting their prices to attract investment of data centers into the area while actually still um, using fossil fuel as the main generator or the, the main fuel to generate um, the, the electricity that is used. That's where companies, I think, have a choice. Actually, they can start to take some leadership through their procurement, through their, their strategy of saying, actually, no, we are only going to go to companies providing cloud services who actually have a proper green strategy. Why is this benefit to all organisations? Well, actually, there's a real chance for some leadership here. At the moment, this is not um, particularly high on the agenda of organisations, not particularly well um, publicised. But if you take the fact that the consumption, again, is about the same as the airline industry, and you think of the pressure that's gone on to airlines in order to reduce their carbon footprint, well, actually, if the same value, the same carbon footprint data centres, you can be a leader saying that we are leading the way in reducing this 2% um, um, carbon footprint by following an environmental strategy, by choosing the right provider, that surely is a, a big opportunity for organisations to market themselves, to, to get press, to get public, to get publicised, to get seen, to, to raise their footprint, to, to raise their, their persona in this, this in a very exciting and, and, a, and profitable way. I think even to piggyback off that, if we if we look back, you know, gosh, even two years, if you if you actually thought that the UK would would announce that by 2030, so in under 10 years time, that they would not be selling cars unless they are electric. So, you know, no more uh, no more petrol or diesel fueled cars um, are going to you know going to be sold in the UK. You would have thought that was it was just unimaginable, but yet that has been announced. So surely, if they're already targeting cars, for instance, the next thing they're going to target has got to, you know, they're going after big things. Airlines are going to start targeting them, and ultimately, data centres with those sort of statistics has got to also be an easy win for them, especially as there's already a very good alternative, which is not only good for, um, which is not only good for the environment, but also has so many more benefits for a business itself um, within their own business strategy. I think, again, uh, agreeing all the points, really. But, yeah, I think having, well, good organisations taking cloud as uh, part of the green initiatives or green strategy, I think it's, it's a symptom. You know, there's a, un, it, if an organisation decides to pursue cloud because it helped them with, you know, being more green, being more environmental friendly, then possibly they want to flip that statement around, you know, and think wider. Because if they want to be environmental friendly, cloud is one way of achieving that. But, you know, its uh, experience would have shown a company, you know, moving from their own data center, for example, off to the cloud is not a simple process. It's a, it's a long journey. And, you know, as Nigel described, there are ways that you can mimic 
sort of the, the consumption model that would allow you to um, start emulating some of these efficiency and you know gains that you would get. And I think in fact there's the then the numbers I think around the energy usage for data centers is interesting, but I think there's a wider impact. You know, technology probably have a bigger, I would say, has potential to drive even more than just you know, the two, three percent of the data centers because it's you can use technology, so you can apply the same technology that are being applied into cloud data centers to w- reduce um, energy usage from heating up buildings, for example, right? Uh, the I say the cloud providers maximize their coolings and their lighting and heating, you know, all in de- based on demand, based on the weather. You could apply the same for building and transportation carbon emissions, you know, by applying, I guess, similar technologies. Um, that probably would have a much bigger impact than, you know, just the data center itself. You can, I think, use also, I think, the these new computing power from cloud to work on you know initiatives that would help with the environment such as you know reforestation and restoration for example so in fact i think it's the the impact is wider and i think company needs to look i think just beyond you know we can reduce the energy usage of our data centers by moving to cloud you know our workloads in fact can we then leverage that efficiency to then drive works you know beyond um i think yeah just cutting energy you know how can we do better to reduce you know general carbon usage outside because uh, you 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 would think that organizations are you know just beyond and not just data centers right they're also humans they're also buildings they also have you know factories have workers they have supply chains and i think all of this can be optimized can take advantage of technology so i think is very ambitious and the technologies is actually you know getting smarter to to support this so i'm sure there's uh if there's a will you know, if companies look at cloud as one way of start you know to achieve their environmental friendliness goal then it's very powerful and you know don't i think flipping that statement I think would be the starting point. Yeah, I mean, what I'm taking from this, and as I said at the start of the podcast, it's not it's not an area that I know and uh, much about, so it's interesting to learn. But one one of the things I'm taking from this is that perhaps to touch on Nigel's point right at the start, is in the in the introduction, is that companies are, are not using cloud in their green strategy because it is, as you say, Vong, a, a complicated way to be green. In some ways, there are there are easier gains in green and. Do you think potentially, Nigel, that could be an explanation as to why some people aren't being green with their with their cloud technology when they kind of when they look for um, production gains and uh, productivity gains, for example, uh, uh, rather than uh, make it greener? Uh, yes, for sure. It's reason it's it's there's you know there has been a non obvious green credential moving to cloud. That's the fact. And in fact, what there has been, as I said at the beginning, a very obvious potential moving to cloud, effectively for cost and reasons and or access to technology. The question is now to me is, given that's the case, is there more that organisations could do by going to cloud and going from actually taking a green cloud strategy as opposed to just a pure cloud strategy? 
And, um, you know, as a consultant, if we're going to try and sell something, there's really two sort of areas we will go. First of all is, is there a benefit to the organisation? That benefit will be reduced cost or it will be some sort of, you know, differentiation, way of increasing revenue brand or something like that. Um, green cloud strategy is not an obvious cost reduction. What there is, is the opportunity of an organisation, I think, to get increased brand awareness, brand loyalty, um, to, 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 to drive the avenue because they can take a leading position. And what I would love to see is organisations recognising that, pushing that, having this as part of their overall green strategy in there, and actually making it table stakes for everybody else to follow. The second is, um, from a consulting point of view, what do we do? We actually go after the individual. Is this something that enhances their position, their marketability? And to me, this is also very obvious for anybody that's in this space, is climate, climate change, green credentials is a huge part of where we are and what's going on. So as an individual pursuing this, it's also of value in starting to, to understand and be able to drive forward some sort of green strategy, irrespective of what it is, but particularly in this case from a, from a cloud point of view. So I think organisations do have a reason for going it. One out of, of, of improving brands, secondly, for any individual in the organisation, this is a great, um, a great way of building your own reputation in the industry and taking some leadership. I think on the building the brand point, I think that's so important. If you even look at the likes of um, so big banks at the moment, so even Goldman Sachs, they, they're hugely focused on sustainable finance at the moment. And ultimately, as part of that, they are financing green projects and in order to do that surely they themselves also must meet green standards and therefore also must have um, green, green targets which they need to meet and I don't believe considering the statistics of you know data centres produce 2% of our carbon footprints that they then can have a data centre which is producing X amount of carbon footprint and still be able to um, and still be able to finance these projects. Um, I don't. I think that they must themselves need to follow suit. Um, otherwise, ultimately, their projects themselves are going to fail. You've got to lead from the front, um, and ultimately, the projects won't. Also, they will also be looking to the brand, them, um, and they will be looking to them to make sure that they are also on the same. Uh, that um, you know, are, are they on the same page? Do they both actually want to achieve the right goals? And uh, I think in that way, you need to set an example um, to your to your. I think everyone needs to set an example to clients. And mo whatever business you're in, you will always have some. You will always have clients, and it's really important then to make sure that um, from a climate change perspective. Um, you are also meeting your, your green energy targets. I, th I think the public attitudes are important here. Um, I think about uh, well, I think six months ago there was a big story. Uh, depends on how how you you, you find it uh, big, but Google pledges not to make custom software for oil and gas extraction. And I think what's more interesting is the reactions or the response from the other cloud providers, you know, from Microsoft and from AWS themselves. But uh, what what Google says is that you know they they are not going to facilitate you know custom AI and machine learning algorithms you know for oil and gas extraction. It's a small but you know fairly significant win, and you can point that to public uh, pressures. Because 
you can see that you know public attitude has you know started to shift towards climate change, and I think companies now start to realize that you know green credentials can mean ex, you know extra points for their branding, you know being more attractive to the public. But it has not shifted enough, you know, compared to I guess historically, if you look at uh, things like you know ivory or whale oil or smoking, you know, it hasn't got that much attention or hasn't got the public attitude hasn't changed that much compared to it. So if the pressures keeps building, you know, companies I think will then have to pivot quickly into this. And I think Google's announcement is fairly modest in in this space. You know, it's very small concession. It's very tiny. I think it was oil and gas as a vertical for Google is only about 1% of their revenue for Google Cloud. And they clearly, you know, are downplaying it. Um, they, they don't, they, they want to keep, you know, still the oil and gas companies to use their data centers, you know, whenever possible, but they again, don't want to promote that heavily. And I think this is, um, there's a balance, you know, and, and it's tilting in, in one direction. So I think as Nigel says, you know, companies, the, the green credentials, it's very hard to quantify exactly what value it brings, you know, because you can't really put a number onto it. The public attitudes start shifting. You can put more, bigger numbers on that. I think as Jenny described, you know, it starts to look ridiculous when you are working on low carbon solutions or you are supporting, you know, other companies who reduce their carbon footprints. Why, you know, if your own companies are not doing that, it doesn't look very good to the public. But I think it's still essential that, you know, there's a need to be a critical mass of people that needs to be convinced that this is important because that's where you can put a really big number on it. If there's a survey that says, you know, 70% of people, you know, want to use products from companies that are, you know, net zero, for example, then I can tell, I can assure you that every company is going to jump on their green computing strategy immediately. Yeah, so, and, and an angle that I think isn't often considered is, uh, from your image, is, is who you're going to bring to your company as well. Um, so looking at the other side of the chain in terms of if you are a company who's looking to bring in excellent people, um, the new, they, this new way of thinking being someone at the forefront of saying that we are adopting a cloud strategy that is green and is not necessarily going to be for pure cost efficiency, but it is going to be a greener strategy. Similar to other movements that have been made, um, you'll have uh, kind of a cultural diversity background, for example, as one of the things that's been really emphasized by the companies at the forefront of thinking. Being the first company there um, could be really beneficial for your recruitment as well. And that's going to only sort of spool into productivity in itself. So you may make a, a cloud platform that is not the most efficient, but it does lead to the best people and therefore the best efficiency in the long run. So it's definitely um, something to consider. So I'd just like to pick up on that. What we've um, what we've done is we've explained about the opportunity and the benefit of being a leader in this space. I think there is a, a, a another view here, which is also the risk. And the risk, um, from my point of view, is if you look at um, say the retail industry and the retail clothing industry from a number of years ago. Um, the exposure of the supply chain and, ta- and child labour is in there. 
had huge impacts on certain retailers, and particularly those that didn't adjust at, at that point. If you look at chemical companies uh, and other industrial companies in terms of the waste management um, 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 and policies, etc., again, when exposed, had huge um, um, impact on those companies in terms of well, failing companies, huge impact on share prices, etc. So you could argue that technology is is not on the same scale as that. I, I would argue that technology now is part of the business. It's becoming part of actually what is consumed in many organisations. Products. Therefore, technology is becoming very significant in the way that um, um, organisations view it. Therefore, the supply chain associated with that technology is going to follow a similar path to the supply chains in other industries. And if you are identified as an organisation that is not doing the right thing, that is actually consuming power from those organisations, those utilities that are predominantly still coal-based, um, etc., then I think that's, going to, that's a risk to you and your environmental credibility. So I think not only is the benefit in taking leadership here, in not taking leadership and not addressing some of these things and not driving a greener platform for technology, you also face a risk down, um, downstream. Thank you, Nigel. Um, and Vong, do you have anything to add to that kind of on why it may be beneficial to be at, at the front of this movement? So thing, I think what Nigel's described uh, is quite interesting uh, because I think if you want to be ahead of the curve, you know, let's look at the trend. The diversity you know, recently started becoming a one of the key reporting criteria for a lot of organisations, and I think carbon accounting will you know, soon to become the norm in the future. You know, companies will be expected to report and measure you know their carbon emissions in a I guess, detailed and accurate way to then set meaningful carbon reduction goals. And in fact, this is where, you know, having a green cloud strategy really helps with this because I think, A, you can offload a lot of that calculations to these providers that have done the maths for you. you know, they have the tooling, they have the stats, they have done the optimization, and you can simply point to that as a single uh, numbers. And secondly, you, know, you can take advantage of these advanced analytics and you know, different optimization tools that, that the cloud can have to be more ambitious and you know having better playbooks to then achieve further reductions in other areas. Because if you don't have to worry about your data center, your digital usage, you can you know put your best people, put your insights towards other aspect of your business, how to reduce emissions, how to forecast it better, and you know your carbon reporting would be simplified whilst you're complying with the regulations. Thank you very much for that, Vong. Um, so let's let's cap off with kind of a final message um, from the panel today. Um, if we start with yourself, Nigel, if if we're going to sort of round off this podcast, uh, what would your short, synced message be to a company considering? A green strategy in cloud. So I, I'm going to come out with a slightly naive statement, to be honest. Um, and, and just picking up on Vaughn's point, um, you know, there are going to be regulations um, in place. We, we deliberately stayed away from that because it, there is um, some complexity and confusion and a lot of developments in the area. But the simple sort of statement, actually, isn't it incumbent upon all of us to do something about this? This is an issue. It's an issue that we face. There is a growing um, um, sort of movement with across everybody everywhere to do something about the climate why wouldn't we do this yeah absolutely um jenny 
I think I have to agree. I think every company um, needs to take responsibility um, for their own for their own carbon footprint and ultimately reducing that footprint. Why not use this as an opportunity to um, utilize cloud in order to reduce that footprint? But also, then you have the benefits of um, the cloud and the amazing things that technology can also provide to you. I think it's a win-win situation of which um, company companies need to take advantage of. And my takeaway would be knowing the greenness of the cloud you're going to use, but don't forget that by letting the cloud providers taking care of one aspect of your business about carbon emissions, do your well, do your part for the rest of your organizations and your supply chains. Yeah, and, and that rounds it off nicely in a way is it's a kind of a full circle in that we started talking about that there are multiple ways to a green strategy and, and cloud is just one of them. And if you are going to sort of externalize part of your green strategy to a cloud provider or take advantage of this, do obviously consider the other routes to it as well. Um, but that is all we have time for. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. And if you're having if you have enjoyed it, do listen out for our next one um, that will be out in January do enjoy your time off and also you can get in touch with us we're always happy to have a conversation um you can contact us at the dmwgroup.com forward slash contact hyphen us the hyphen is critical to finding the page um so thank you very much all um for joining and thank you to the panel for providing um that conversation so hopefully we'll speak to you again in january <laughs>